0: episode of Fermented Adventure is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dawn, we have a new shirt design. We sure do. Dawn, what's our new shirt design?
1: I have mixed drinks about feelings.
0: Now, I have mixed drinks about feelings. How do people find I have mixed drinks about feelings?
1: They go on our website at fermentedadventure.com. They can click on the apparel tab and it'll take them right to our merchandise.
0: So click on the apparel tab. They'll find our brand new shirt design and they'll find
1: other shirt designs as well. Other shirt designs as well. We have tanks, tees, hoodies, glasses, a bunch of different things.
0: And we can still find tequila or Savesa made me do it as well, right?
1: You can find that there as well.
0: And if you want to be fashionable through the rest of the summer, we also have some podcast shirts for people to wear and enjoy going around and saying, hey, you listen to the Fermented Adventure podcast, too?
1: <laughs> yes, and don't forget our may contain Whiskey shirt, too.
0: So, go to FermentedAdventure.com, click on the Apparel tab, buy the merchandise. Cheers! You can find us at FermentedAdventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as FermentedAdventure. Email us at FermentedAdventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. Welcome to the Whiskey Rebellion episode. This episode features interviews from some of the spirit producers that we met during the Whiskey Rebellion Festival in Washington, Pennsylvania. We will give you a brief background history of the Whiskey Rebellion, And we enjoy sharing some of those conversations we had with people that we met along the way. In March of 1791, the first Congress of the United States passed an excise tax on spirits distilled in the United States. The first tax ever levied by the United States on domestic product. This was known as the Whiskey Rebellion. The Whiskey Rebellion lasted from 1791 through 1794. The western part of Pennsylvania, at the time was separated from east by the Allegheny Mountains. With the majority of the population being farmers, there was often a limited market for the sale of their grain locally, and it was difficult to transport the grains to the east for sale. The goods had to be transported by pack horse over the mountains and along dirt roads. The horses could only carry limited amounts at a time. Converting the grains to whiskey made it more transportable, and there was a better market for this product. Having assumed the debts of the colonies from the Revolution... The government found itself in debt. In 1791, Congress approved a bill putting an excise tax on all distilled spirits. The tax, based on the capacity of the still, rather than the quantity produced, was required to be paid in cash. Alexander Hamilton served as Washington's Secretary of the Treasury. Hamilton desired a strong central government backed by a solid financial foundation, He proposed that the nation assume take on all debts incurred by the states during the American Revolution and tax the American people to pay those debts. Hamilton felt the country needed solid credit to continue to grow. Not everyone agreed with Hamilton's plan. Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson and Speaker of the House of Representatives James Madison vehemently opposed this plan. Both Jefferson and Madison felt the tax gave too much control to the federal government, And favored the wealthy over farmers. Even President Washington hesitated to accept Hamilton's ideas. The tax for smaller producers was required to be made throughout the year, and the cost was about nine cents per gallon. Already at odds with the government with regard to Indian attacks, the farmers felt that this interference into their business was unjust and encroached upon their rights. A meeting at Redstone Fort in July of 1791 began the organized resistance to the collection of the excise tax. Many of the Westerners refused to pay the tax, and those coming to collect the tax were often ambushed or humiliated. Some were tarred and feathered. Things began to escalate even more. Protesters set fire to the home of John Neville, a local tax collector that Washington sent. Despite proclamations and condemnations, this violence continued to escalate and spread. Despite appeals for a peaceful resolution, a militia gathered at Braddock's Field during the last week in July in 1794. On August 7, 1794, the president issued another proclamation calling for the rebels to disperse and return to their homes as well as invoking the Militia Act of 1792. Approximately 13,000 militiamen from surrounding states marched with President Washington to put down the rebellion. While no real battle ensued, about 150 rebels were arrested. Most were released due to lack of evidence. Two were convicted of treason and later pardoned. Those two found of treason were John Mitchell and Philip Weigel. Some key players in the Whiskey Rebellion were David Bradford. David Bradford was a prominent lawyer and was Deputy Attorney General for Washington County. He radicalized the movement when he he became the leader of the Mingo Creek Association. He is perhaps best remembered for his fictionalized escape to Spanish-Western Florida, with Soldiers on His Tail, which is recounted in David Bradford and His House by Harriet Branton. He was eventually pardoned by President John Adams for his actions during the Whiskey Rebellion. Hugh Henry Breckenridge was a leading author and founder of the Pittsburgh Gazette, a moderate who tried to keep the peace during the Whiskey Rebellion. John Holcroft was a prominent farmer and whiskey distiller of some means who became a leader of the Whiskey Rebellion. Robert Johnson was a tax collector in Washington and Allegheny counties. He was the first victim of mob violence. The Whiskey Rebellion marked the first time the U.S. Constitution and the federal government were tested. The events proved that the federal government did have the ability and power to keep order. Jefferson and others felt that the government intervention and military force set a dangerous precedent. Hamilton helped to end the rebellion in 1795 when he resigned his cabinet post. The whiskey tax remained in effect, though it proved to be extremely hard to collect from farmers. Jefferson became the third president of the United States in 1800, and under his tenure, Congress repealed the whiskey tax. Credit is given for this information from Stephanie Crom, New York University, and the Library of Congress. Want to learn more about the Whiskey Rebellion? Check out the book by Thomas Slaughter, The Whiskey Rebellion, Frontier Epilogue to the American Revolution, and The Whiskey Rebellion, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, and the Frontier Rebels Who Challenged America's New Found Sovereignty by William Hoagland. Now enjoy some of the interviews that we had along the way while walking through Washington and discovering more about the Whiskey Rebellion. Jenny's Cummins, what do you do?
1: I am president of the Bradford House Historical Association, so I do a little bit of everything up here.
0: Now, what are all of your responsibilities here with the association?
1: I serve as a docent. I'm on the education committee. Uh, we run a history day camp for kids in the summertime. I fill in at the visitor center or I at the Bradford House whenever they need somebody to staff the place.
0: Now, what does the festival this year mean to you and the Historical Society?
1: Well, we look forward to having the festival every year because of the visitors that we get and a chance to introduce them to the Whiskey Rebellion history. And it's such an important part of Southwestern Pennsylvania history and American history. And a lot of people really don't realize that because it doesn't get much time in the classroom.
0: In your mind, what does the Whiskey Rebellion itself, like, how does that, what does that mean to you?
1: The Whiskey Rebellion was the first test of the power of the government under the U.S. Constitution. And if it had turned out differently, perhaps we wouldn't be living under the U.S. Constitution today. There were a lot of precedents and firsts um, throughout the, the Whiskey Rebellion. Um, the first excise tax that was voted upon by the Congress. It was the first use of the presidential pardon. It was the one and only time that the president of the United States took the commander-in-chief job literally and rode at the head of the army. Um, So there were a lot of those types of precedents that were set.
0: And it was also one of the first time another state came and did a military exercise against another state.
1: It was the first time, yes. It was the um, largest single gathering of, of military between the American Revolution and the Civil War.
0: It's 2022. The festival hasn't been on for a few years. What are you expecting for the festival tomorrow?
1: We were able to have a modified uh, festival last year. And of course in 2020, it was canceled as so much else was so we're glad to bring back uh, a fuller festival with more activities uh, starting with the parade tomorrow morning that's always fun and the activities that we have for people of all ages we have a children's area we have musical performances throughout the day we have street theater and of course the very popular tarring and feathering of the tax collector will happen at five o'clock
0: but not the guests
1: not the guests unless as long as they stay out of range they'll be okay
0: Thank you so much for your time. Welcome. David and Elizabeth Bradford? Bradford. Bradford. So talk
2: about your role for the Whiskey Festival. Well, my role in the rebellion is that I'm a congressman and I'm trying to fight the whiskey tax on the house floor. And unfortunately, it is not going in our in our way. So we have to use a little bit more force in order to make our our point known. So in the rebellion, we are identifying tax collectors that come east. I should say west, excuse me, and we are sending them back east with a message that we will not be taxed for our whiskey because we are being disproportionately taxed in the western side of the state than in the east. Do you know in the east that they're only taxing at two cents per gallon? In the west, it's five cents per gallon. Can you believe this? Elizabeth, how do you feel about all
0: that's going on here?
1: There is a lot going on. I'm just trying to keep the peace and reassuring our people that it will be okay, and David is out looking out for them.
0: Where do you see all this going in all, all what you're trying to do?
2: Well, the hope is that they will reduce the tax so it is equal in both parts of the state. That is our, that is our, our grand hope here. Now, I, I, I do fear that uh, we may be seen as treasonous in some cases, acting against our federal government. But we will see how they respond. And unfortunately, if history is is correct in what we've seen, there may be some swift response. And if
0: it doesn't get the response you're looking for, what happens then?
2: Well, unfortunately, I would think we have to take up arms. We do not want to do this, but that's what our, our country was founded on. The American Revolution was us taking up arms against the British and the unfair taxation. And that is what we may have to do. We've kind of lost our way after the revolution and forgot what we're fighting for, haven't we? That is true. Very true. It was all based upon taxation to begin with. The colonies were taxed disproportionately to what was being taxed in Britain. And we felt that we needed our own government in order to reduce that tax. So
0: if you don't get the outcome that you want, what's the next step? What do you think you'd like to do?
2: Well, the outcomes. Hmm. Well, as a congressman... I believe that I can continue the fight on the House floor. I don't know if it will, it will sway uh, Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, that is. You know, he's our secretary at this moment. And unfortunately, he's very headstrong on this tax. I'm trying to convince President Washington of otherwise. I'm using every power that I have to do that, and John Holcroft may take more particular action against this. Tom the Tinker is his, his pseudoname. You shall, uh, you shall find him. He may speak more harshly about what is, is going to partake here. The story continues. The story. I just want to know for you what it's like to, you know, to play an important role in a character as you do. I think understanding our history in a community is always valuable. And every part of that history. Not just pieces and parts. So... The Whiskey Rebellion happens in Bassett Town, and it is increasingly important that we all rally around something, and we all understand what our community was founded on. And I think that's the, the benefit of um, benefit of being part of, of things like this. That's awesome. Have fun today. I appreciate your time. You're quite welcome. You.
0: Angela, what does the Whiskey Rebellion Festival mean to you?
3: It is a great time here in downtown Washington. We get infused with a lot of people from a lot of different areas and they can see what we have to offer for them. We have so much here.
0: And talk about your winery and some of the items that you offer.
3: We have, we're featuring especially this weekend for the Rebellion Festival is our Strawberry Rhubarb Mead, a honey wine that we also aged in a whiskey barrel, our whiskey barrel aged Strawberry Rhubarb Mead. So good.
0: It's delicious. Thanks Angela. Have a great festival.
3: You too.
0: Nicholas, Boyd and Blair, what does the Whiskey Rebellion mean to you?
1: You know, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of get down and kind of expand our horizon a little bit. Um, We don't get to come down here too much. Uh, It's about an hour away from where we are. We're in Glenshaw. But, you know, the Whiskey Rebellion right now, it it seems like a fantastic, you know, place the community can come and gather around and, and, you know, communicate with one another, meet some new people, and and, uh, experience some new things.
4: Thanks. Have a great festival.
0: Thanks. You too. Nate, Excise Distillery.
4: Yeah. Talk about Excise Distillery.
0: Talk about your history and what you're all about.
4: Yeah, so we're a local distillery up near um, Prince Glinson State Park, about 20 minutes from Altoona. Um, we figured because of our name, we had to attend the festival, right? Um, but we started a year ago. We started with four products, and now you can see we got a lot more. So we're expanding and we're excited to keep going. What does so, the Whiskey Rebellion Festival mean for you and Excise Distillery? Um, I think, you know, when people think of bourbon and whiskey, they obviously think of Kentucky, but I'm really glad that people are starting to think about Western Pennsylvania again. And I think that's why we started it is to bring back the homage of this area and kind of the role that it had on Western Pennsylvania. So, um, a lot of prominent distillers were in this area. And I think, you know, our name is why we chose that to get, make people realize, you know, what uh, whiskey means to Western Pennsylvania. So, what are some of the products that you brought today for people to enjoy. Yeah, so we um, have our One Bullet Bourbon here. It's one of our better sellers. It's a uh, low rye bill, so it's 74% corn, 21% rye, 5% molded barley. Um, it's aged in a brand new charred oak barrel. Um, so it's about, it's a two-year bourbon, so it's a young bourbon, but then we're expanding on our flavors, too. We have peach, we have a honey whiskey, which we use um, all local honey from about right down the road from our distillery. We also have a peach whiskey and a peanut butter whiskey as well so um and a, and a fan favorite was the s'mores wasn't it it was the s'mores is our flavor of the core um so that's the toasted um marshmallow here chocolate marshmallow we did that for the campers because we're located right near like a little campground really. so. me
0: thank you so much we look forward to seeing no more problem. of you in the future thank you appreciate it enjoy Kara and frankie we're here with old Overholt, aren't we yes,
3: we yes are. welcome welcome to the whiskey rebellion in washington
0: so talk about the spirit you brought today
3: so, Old Overholt, established in 1810. Um, we actually are out of Kentucky now, so we're under the Beamsland Tory family. It is the oldest rye whiskey in America.
0: Now, you were saying you brought this special bottle here today.
3: It is a 2020 release, yes. Um, so, it's actually exclusive to PA and Ohio only.
0: What are you enjoying about the Whiskey Festival? What does the Whiskey Festival mean for you guys?
3: I think it's just a great opportunity to... Be with the community and to you know interact with everyone that has come today this evening and just have a really great time.
0: What do you want people to remember or what would you like people to think about when they buy or enjoy Old Overholt?
3: It's actually just a piece of history that you're drinking. I mean, it's the oldest one that's out there, 1810. I don't think a lot of companies can really say that they've been around that long and that they still have the longevity
0: awesome thank you so much michelle crooked creek distillery we met you at whiskey smash tell us what the whiskey rebellion festival means to you and crooked creek
3: so the whiskey rebellion festival to us is just a way to um really trademark what we're doing uh especially when we branch into our bourbons and our rise i mean nothing speaks more than the whiskey rebellion festival for that um And it's just an honor to be down here and experiencing uh, the different places and getting people exposed to our product. Now,
0: you said you've grown, you've expanded in the last couple of years.
3: Talk about some of the products and, and what you've been up to
0: in the last few years.
3: So, in the last few years, we have opened two new tasting rooms. We are now in Irwin um, and also in Bloomfield and Pittsburgh. So, we've expanded in that way. We've also went from just flavored moonshines um, and gin to rums, bourbons, whiskeys. Um, uh, we're doing a lot of flavors. We're doing a lot of new infusions. Um, we're at bigger festivals. We're at Picklesburg next weekend for the second time. And so, we're super excited to be just doing all kinds of new stuff.
0: Now, you said that and your face lit up. You had a big smile on your face this expansion and this growth really means something to you at the distillery doesn't it
3: yeah it does um you know it's a small craft distillery and it's a lot of blood sweat and tears that goes into everything that we're doing um there's not very many of us and we're really like just a close family and so um when we get to do these big events um and really display what we're doing with product and what we're doing um just to change the business it's really exciting
0: so you're doing tastings tonight for the whiskey walk what are some of the favorites with what people are trying tonight
3: Um, Always our Blackberry Lavender is a crowd seller. Um, People love it Um, through and through. It always stays on our shelf. It's our number one seller year round, year after year. Um, Since we've come out with our Honey Bourbon, uh, that is right neck and neck. So that is always a crowd favorite as well. Um, although our recent addition of maple bourbon is climbing right up there. And so, you know, we're using local products. We're getting to display these local products and it's making our products better by doing that. So
0: what I really enjoy about your maple bourbon is you really taste a lot of the maple. And I think a lot of distillers, what they'll do is they'll add maple to it. But just a hint of it. I love how the maple comes through, but you still get the corn and the whiskey flavor that still reminds you that it's there
3: yeah so we really strive hard with our our bourbons and our rye whiskeys the flavored sides of them Um, it's a very fine balance so that takes lots of trial and lots of tasting Um, but we really want to make sure that when we are doing a product like say the maple bourbon that you're not only getting the taste of maple but you're still getting the taste of that true spirit coming through whether it's the bourbon or the rye
0: You've certainly made that happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ryan and Chris, quantum spirits. Talk a little bit about quantum spirits and what you brought to the festival today.
5: All right. So quantum spirits, respect the past, drink to the future. We are all about reinventing craft spirits through science. So I'm a chemical engineer. Chris is a PhD in physical chemistry. And we infuse our brand with science and engineering, everything we do. Uh, so we've got a whole line of products here. We've got three different types of gin, two different types of whiskey, an Amaro, and two different ready-to-drink cocktails.
0: Now, I tried your Solera whiskey. Talk about the
5: process of your
0: Solera whiskey and give a little bit to the listener about what it's all about.
5: Yeah. So Solera aging is, has been around for quite a long time, uh, using everything from balsamic vinegars to sherries to high-end rums. It's rarely done in the whiskey world. So instead of going in a barrel, hanging out, and then coming out and being bottled when it's done, Solera will blend multiple different batches. So imagine uh, a tier of barrels. It goes in. A third of it, roughly, will get bottled. A third of it will go to the next tier in the process, and a third hangs out. So because you keep adding in different ages and vintages of of whiskey, it's it's a different type of a flavor profile that you would ever get. We have uh, a copper, which is our first tier. It's 94 proof. Uh, We have a predominantly rye mash bill, so almost all rye and rye malts, and we just started adding a little bit of blue corn. Silver is the next step up in the process, so that's gonna add a little bit more richness, a little bit more character and complexity, and our gold is yet to be released.
0: So what does the Whiskey Rebellion Festival mean for Quantum?
5: So uh, obviously, southwestern Pennsylvania, the the home of uh, rye and whiskey in America, Quantum Spirits is all about rye, and it was the only grain we used for quite some time in our distillery because of that heritage. Uh, we uh, we love uh, the history here. All of our one of the great things we actually love about the festival is we get to meet up with a bunch of our peers. Uh, so Liberty Pole Spirits just down the road, we're great friends with them. Um, Big Springs, uh, Red Pump, all these other players throughout the state, and it's it's really fun to collaborate with and talk about all of our unique products and. Uh, how we were, were great partners. So, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you.